welcome to Love Alexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host, and this is my podcast. And my guest today is Erica Chitty Cohen. So, Erica is the co founder of Loom, she's a doula, and she's the author of Nurture, a modern guide to pregnancy, birth, early motherhood, and trusting yourself and your body. Her book is out September 12th. It's available for pre order on Amazon. You can find her on Instagram at Erica Chitty Cohen, and you can find Loom at This Is Loom. And uh, we go on a fun romp of a tangential conversation as per the use, and I fucking adore this woman. Um, I do have to say, side note of a side note, I am waiting for a lift to pick me up. I am going to be smoking pot with Doug Benson on Getting Doug with High, and uh, I'm very excited about that. And uh, I just have a million other things I want to tell you. I had an incredible reading of my script. Yes, I wrote a feature script and I'm trying to put all the pieces together and bringing it to life because I have a story I want you guys to, I'm just excited to tell this story in the form of a a narrative film. And uh, so look out for that. I've been putting pieces together and I just couldn't believe all the people who showed up for me at the reading. Like a lot of uh, Love Alexi alumni, like Noelle Wells, Morgan Krantz, uh, Cena Grace, Penelope Gazin, Caroline Goldfarb, aka Official Sean Penn. And uh, God, you guys, what else is there to tell you? You guys, what else can I tell you except for the fact that I will throw us over the conversation? But I do want to make those reminders that I make every week. If you like this podcast, if you like the Love Alexi podcast, subscribe on iTunes, rate the show, leave a comment. I, uh, I read the comments and, uh, you know, and it really does help me grow the show when you subscribe. So do that. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Alexi Wasser. And uh, I've been going mental on Insta stories lately. Oh my God. What? It's like, I keep saying this, but I swear to God, it's like my phone is like Wilson in Castaway and I'm Tom Hanks. And I'm just like talking at my phone constantly. And the only other Instagram account that I'm like, oh, this makes me feel like I'm totally allowed to be doing this is Busy Phillips Instagram stories or Insta stories or whatever, because she is like nonstop talking to her phone. I love it. I adore her Insta stories. But uh, I just wonder, sometimes I wonder if I Insta story so much, that's why I don't have a boyfriend, even though I'm not searching for a boyfriend. Again, how dare you? But uh, she's married and he's so calm and patient. He totally accepts her Insta story use. So, you know, that's inspiring. I also want to say thank you to all the girls who came out to the event I threw last week called Girls Night In. Oh my goodness, you guys. I threw on, I threw on, I threw on a cool outfit and I went to this event that I put together uh, called Girls Night In. It was all girls. I wanted to create a kind of cozy space in a private residence where it was like, like a, like an adult slumber party, you know, except nobody was sleeping over. I wanted to create a thing where it was like an Al-Anon meeting for only girls, except we did, we were drinking rosé and, and stuff like that. Um, these amazing girls came out, the girls I know, girls I'd never met, um, who bought tickets and it was so cozy and lovely and everyone was so kind hearted and sweet and just had an open mind and like showed up at this house and they're like, Hey, I'm here for girls night in. And we sat around and we had snacks and we had drinks and we just talked and shared about like what we're noticing, what we're going through as far as life, dating, sex, love, career, you know, insecurity spirals, all the things you face on a daily basis as a woman. And the whole, my whole objective was to like, I wanted people to mingle. I wanted people to laugh, make new friends and leave feeling less alone and listened to and heard or whatever. Plus I believe in the seventies and eighties, I've heard about all these like really cool, like parlor type places or like, uh, 
like where girls would all gather and like eat biscotti and drink champagne and like vibe and hang out and have a chat and it was like a safe space and it was like very very chic and I thought we got to create something like that now so I'm not saying I'm trying to create a cult but I'm tiptoes away from it but uh, I'm gonna do another one my whole point is I had such a blast meeting all the you wonderful girls who came out uh, I want to throw another one and I am going to do it Saturday, June 3rd, 6 to 10 p.m. in Los Angeles. So if, if you're interested, uh, email me at dearlovealexi at gmail.com for tickets and info. And, uh, you know, this uh, the show, it's, uh, it's a listener-supported show. Feel free to send an email, rate the show, tell your friends. You can even donate a dollar via Venmo at Alexi Wasser. That would be so exciting. Oh, my God. Any support is appreciated because I love you guys. I love doing this show. Uh, I do have to give shout outs to all the wonderful donators from last week, like Callie Safos, Mary Ellen Carrillo, Zara Berry. You guys, I love you. You didn't have to, but you did, and I fucking appreciate it. And uh, I just love uh, anything that comes through to me via Venmo. I fucking love it. But now I'm going to shut the fuck up so you can enjoy my conversation with Erica Chitty Cohen. Now entering Nerdist.com. So I thought, here she comes. Oh my god, yes, Erica Chitty Cohen. <laughs> oh my god. Hello. Hello, we did it. Oh my god. How are you doing? Good, how are you? This is Aristotle. Hello. Don't we look so cute? Okay, good. This is the guest seat, if that makes you comfortable. That's totally fine. I also left my wallet at home and only have an hour on my meter. No. But I have cash. Oh my god, well let's get, listen, let's get you out of here. 218, you're out of here by 318. Okay. 315, and then you're running. Okay. Then you're out of here. Cool. Holy shit. Living our lives. I feel like my face is so sleepy today because the full moon messed me up. Yeah, that full moon. I'm, I'm just. I'm. How are you feeling? Tired. You. Me too. Why are yeah. we so tired? Why? Why can't I hear me in my headphones? So do I? What do I do? I do this. Can't hear anything. I can only. Oh. Can I hear? Uh, Hello. Can you hear anything? I can hear on one ear. Oh my god! I can hear on one ear too. Wow. This is embarrassing. <laughs> this is real embarrassing. Cool. Totally oh, now fun. I can hear my, me. Can now you? Now this is gonna go away. Can you f- hear you? Yes, I can hear myself. How great it's, do we feel? This is not like old school, like when, um, you know, if your phone rings, it goes dinga 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 dinga. Do you remember like what? <laughs> Like exclusive. <laughs> Do you remember when, like, you would have a cell phone near like a radio back in the day or something, and if it started to ring, oh, everything would vibrate and get yeah, real weird. You would be like, you'd hear like the yeah, the buzzing, the static, before, like the message would come through before the call was start. He knows. Oh yeah, I totally it. know too. Yeah, now, now I know too, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that's not gonna. I don't think that'll happen. Okay. Oh my god, let's get grounded in our truth. Okay. We made it happen. We're here together. You look like a teenager right now. It's so funny. I met you on the panel because well, uh, Eric and I met. Erica and I met on... Uh, I got to enunciate because I'm so tired. It's cool. I got to get happening and flowing out of my mouth. We met on our intersectional feminism panel. Yes. Very cool. You were like... You're a badass woman living your life on a panel. And now you look so cute. You look like you're like 16, 17 years old. Just like your cute outfit and like... It's cool. Your, your face is all like, you're not wearing any makeup, <laughs> no, right? No, zero. Oh my God, you're just like... Just out there in the world. Just out there in the world! <laughs> With no makeup. And I'm also taking that young compliment all the way inside oh, my feelings. please, get it in there. Like, I am 30, and I'm very happy about looking oh, you're like only, a teen. You're only 30? Yeah. Oh, well, you're great. Yeah, I'm just going to take that. You're going to take, take that. it. 
just put it. Just put it in there. It's because you work so much with babies, right? Yeah, so I'm around that new, that new, new. That new, new, that nubile, dewy skin. <laughs> and you just, you know, it's, it's so close, you just end up turning into it. It's real like death becomes her. I just like yeah. touch them. And I'm like, oh. Yeah. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I miss Swoosie Kurtz. Um, movie. That's her, right? Swoosie Kurtz in that? Um, okay, I, we both don't know. Is it. It like, isn't it like Pfeiffer and, Mich- and then and Meryl? Or is it like, because oh I feel... There's Hocus Pocus. I'm doing like a Hocus Pocus death becomes her like flip in my mind. Oh my God. I'm seeing a lot of things. They know. both want agelessness though. Well, you look great. <laughs> we gotta you. W- so do you. You're all in white. I'm, oh. This is usually my uniform. I'm usually like. All in white? Yeah. A lot oh. of white happening. Oh wow. I feel like. Not I've... literally because I'm black. But... Okay. She's black everybody. Okay. We're, we're getting right to it. <laughs> but I like to wear a lot of white clothing. Well, yeah. I feel like I'm dressed like Hamilton Morris. Do you know who that guy is? No. He's this guy. I had him on my podcast one time. We had a sexy rendezvous. He abandoned me. He left me with nothing. Very Wonderful. unfulfilled. It was horrible. Great Whatever. Guy. But now I'm like dressing cool. like him because I want to get close to him. Yeah. But, uh, just. Uh, he wears all white all shout the time. Out. Shout, shout out. Shout out to Hamilton. You, 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 you toyed with my emotions. I fell in love with you. You said you loved me too. I'm not editing any of this out. It's cool. Okay. <laughs> I can hold I can hold space for whatever's whatever's coming down the pipeline here. Oh, you said something so funny, and then we'll get well, oh, listen, we got and then we'll get to like who you are, what you do, what cool. you're all about. You got a great life doing all these great things. But you said this wonderful thing on the on the panel where you were like you were like uh, you don't say the word triggered because you've been saying triggered to people and then they go, I get triggered by the word triggered. Uh, and then, so you use activated instead yeah. of triggered. Yes. I do like to use the term activated as opposed to triggered because I definitely have had a few conversations where someone's like, that is you saying the word triggered really triggers me. And then we're, where are we? Like, you know, you can't don't see me rolling my eyes at that person's comment. Yeah, but now but, I say activated and I laugh to myself because of, because of you. It, but it actually feels really good to say activated. Yeah. I think it, it doesn't, it doesn't invalidate what's going on and people don't have as many connotations attached to that word and it's yeah. less buzzy. Yeah. Oh, um, I don't like buzzwords. Yeah. None of us do. Takes all the power out of the meaning they originally yeah, stood for. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Okay. So you have a company called This Is Loom. Well, actually, the company's called Loom. What? Yes. Wait, then why am I thinking that? Because I saw it on your Instagram. Well, the reason why is God because Loom as a standalone hashtag was not available got it so we had to go with this is loom to affirm that we are loom so okay at least i'm speaking to that though. yeah That's you, good. you really have all the facts we're addressing it we're gonna like we're gonna make it we understand it yes. all the aspects of it okay so you have a company called loom yes and tell me about this company so loom is a company that i co-founded with quinn lumberg my work wife and it basically is a company that provides evidence-based education modern services and resources, as well as inclusive communities for all people through the reproductive and parenting experience. Oh, my God. So we're really focused on kind of helping people navigate, you know, preconception through to about 24 months after they have a baby. And the first kind of level or the ground floor with the business is our pregnancy and parenting hubs. And we're opening up our first one here in Los Angeles this summer in August, actually. Where? In Mid City. Mid City. So where's that? It is literally in the middle, middle of, of the city. city. <laughs> yeah. Bada bing. Yeah. So that's <laughs> it's in the middle of the city. So Los Angeles. We, yes. 
L.A. Yeah. yeah. So we chose we chose that location primarily because we didn't want people to faction out our location insofar as, well, it's too east or it's too west. Yeah. We wanted to just kind of be like Switzerland. And we felt like for families and for individuals, it's, you know, it's really easy to get to kind yeah. of from all. It's, it, that, truly, I think when L.A. people... When people talk about LA and they're like 20 minutes to get everywhere yeah. or anywhere, I think they were actually talking about living in mid-city. Yeah. Because it's really about kind of 20 odd to get around. So anyway, we're in yeah. mid-city. So, okay, that starts, that opens. In August. In August. Yeah. So what are the final pieces? Because this is, we're in May, mid-May. Oh my God. She's like, so that's so soon. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Like, yeah, that's probably, it's one of the reasons why I am so tired. Yeah. But like happy tired. Pretty much we're in full build out mode right now. So we're working with contractors and we're framing and we're talking yeah. about drywall and we're talking about design. How'd you get um, the money to put it together? So basically Backers. we had a friends and family round of funding Yeah. Um, to oh, kind of awesome. get us out, off the ground. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of how we're, we're moving forward right now. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I think, you know, my approach to that experience. So I guess I haven't said this yet, but I'm a, I'm a doula. Yes. Please tell me. I want to know everything about it. It's a love letter to you. Uh, The listeners are going to get to know you. You're a doula. Okay, go on. So I am. Mm -hmm. I'm a birth and postpartum doula. Wait, say that slower. You're talking too fast for me. I am a a birth and postpartum doula. So I do before and after. Um, And doulas essentially provide um, educational support throughout the experience. And we also, we act kind of as an adjunct to your medical care. So we're really focused on making sure that you know all the options around your care and we do all the childbirth education. And then we also attend the birth with you and we'll either labor at home with you until you go to the hospital or if you're birthing outside of the hospital, we do that with you there until your baby is delivered. And then postpartum doulas really work in like the first eight weeks of life, really focusing on kind of nurturing and supporting the mother and her partner or the two partners, um, if it's a non-heteronormative relationship, to navigate that early postpartum period when there's all these different questions and things that are coming up. Like what usually comes up, do you notice? Anxiety, a lot of questions. It's like, is this normal? Is this what's supposed to be happening with the baby? You know, like, is this what we need to be doing around feeding? Um, you know, because we basically, in a way, are kind of raised in captivity. We don't really see a lot of people close up take care of their children like yeah. we did, you know, decades and maybe even a millennia ago when you were around and got to see other people raise their children. So when a lot of when people get to that stage, they realize they're kind of there and they don't know that much. And Instagram posts you see don't tell you enough. No. They don't really go no, into detail. No. The real feeling. People are all just fucking fronting and showing exactly. like, oh, we're having a great time. Everything's great. Meanwhile, it's like, we're not having sex. Yeah. What's going on? I feel, is he mad at me? Or uh, why is she having... Anyway, sorry. I'm just, no, like, no, no, no. That. That's totally true. It's like yeah. people are not... I mean, I think it's starting to happen now that people are becoming more vulnerable and are happy to be uncomfortable talking about how hard the transition is. Cause truthfully there are questions about like sex and like, we don't fuck anymore. And, and yeah. my, like my nipples hurt. And like, I, I feel like not myself and I feel like my partner is like here, but not here. Or it's the polar opposite of like, wow, like we feel really connected. We are feeling, you know, like we know what we're doing. It's like, you can be on both sides of the spectrum, yeah. but the truth is it's like, it is a challenge however you approach it. And so what doulas are are doing through the pregnancy when a lot of those questions actually come up as well about like what is normal, um, we're basically helping to normalize and support 
and provide resources to people that are typically pretty under-resourced at that time. How did you even get into this? Uh, this is incredible. This is like you're, you're a therapist. You're like, a, you're, are you an empath, do you think? Well, I think so, for sure. Yeah. I feel like you definitely get to intuit people's needs, especially with this work. I mean, the thing I think that's different for me is I'm super non-judgmental. I don't have any agenda. I'm not like, this is the right way or this yeah. is the wrong way. Um, I think also the fact that I haven't had children yet allows me to come into the work with a ton of objectivity. I really am like looking oh, wow. at what my clients have experienced and like algamating that and being like, hey, like, I'm pretty curious about what works for you because I've seen it work so many ways as opposed to coming to the work like this is what I did and this is what I think will work for you. Well, so I bet you'll be able to do that even after you have kids. If yeah. You, if you, if and when you choose to do that. But uh I mean, that's just me just putting that on you, but I get that vibe I'll take from that. You. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Chill. Oh, you're, on, you're, on the, you're on the money. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, oh, so, okay, so you are so young. I mean, like, how long have you been doing this, and how, yeah, how did you decide this is what you're going to do? Like, this is very specific. Well, the thing that's interesting now is, I'm going to give you the condensed version because it's way too long, but pretty much the long and short is that I started off, you know, I went to college for contemporary art and visual where culture in Cape Town. So that's that's what I'm, I'm trying to see how what we're going to do here because there's a lot. Of yeah. Stuff. yeah. <laughs> but long story short, I started in contemporary art and like PR. You know, enjoyed it. Was pretty fascinated by it, but never felt fully fulfilled in it. And kind of dotted around doing it in South Africa and then back here in the states on the east coast. I lived in New York for a little bit. Where were you born? I was born in Illinois. Illinois in Urbana, middle of a cornfield. Okay. My dad was doing his medical residency there, and then we moved. My dad's a doctor. And then what we kind moved. of doctor? Sorry. He is an endocrinologist. Oh, I had thyroid cancer. Oh well. What? Oh yeah. wow. Oh my god. Okay, so we'll get there too. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm like. I'm so glad I asked you about <laughs> what kind of doctor. Okay, so go on. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so then we moved to California for a little bit, and then Florida. And then immigrated to South Africa for, and I lived there for about 10 years. Real quick, why'd you come to California and then why'd you go to Florida? Uh, my dad likes to move around a little bit and he was finishing, he finished off his residency and uh, actually finished it off here in California and then decided to go into private practice in Florida. Is there more money in Florida? Is it cheaper to live in Florida? Is more like money? tax, what? like stuff, and Good like my dad. You know, we're Nigerian, and I'm first generation Nigerian American, and I think Nigerian people just like to be where it's warm. Really? <laughs> so I feel like he was just like, I like California, but like Florida seems pretty great. Yeah. I think actually flying to Nigeria, which is like a big piece too of being able to get back easier. I think it's less time flying from the East Coast to get oh. back there than flying from the West Coast. That makes sense. So I think those were those were a lot of different like things on his mind. So you are you okay? When what? So <laughs> I try. I was saying I was like, where are we gonna go with this? Cape okay. Town. So pretty much, yeah. So in terms of wanting to do this work, I didn't really enjoy the kind of art PR environment, and then I realized that I kind of always been that crisis person in my social circles my whole life. You know, something's going wrong. It's like call Erica, and I'm always I've always been very interested in like navigating people's transitions and discomforts just like my natural kind of like relaxation oh zone God. you could be a film producer i think yeah i'm like the more stressful things become the more chilled out that's, i get that's funny because i am not a chill person at all people would i'm never chill but when there's a crisis i get laser focused i'm like yeah. there is no time for bullshit yeah this is what we're doing. Same. Okay. But then I heard that's great for a movie producer. It is. Well, any yeah. kind of high intensity environment that yeah. requires like just yeah. get in there and focus. That's and a doula works kind of like that too. Cause obviously it's like 
birth as a high intensity event and so you need to be able to just like level in and like match the energy of the room or help bring that energy down um and basically i i figured out that about myself my my parents are both clinicians my dad's a doctor my mom's a nurse and they both were kind of like well what about midwifery and i was like yeah that really makes sense and so what's mid and it's midwifery yeah so i've been saying midwifery the four times i've ever said it it's like tomato tomato potato potato i feel like you you just tell me what to say and i'll say it midwifery Midwifery, very cool okay so what the hell is that so becoming a Midwife. So, so I don't know what that means. So midwif- so a midwife versus a doula, a midwife is focused on the uh, physiological components of birth. So pretty much they're very similar to an OBGYN or uh, a, um, obstetric, uh, an OBGYN doctor. Um, the difference between a midwife and an OBGYN is that midwives, unless they're certified nurse midwives that are in the hospital that also happen to be nurse practitioners that can prescribe, they basically do very much of the same thing as a doctor does other... The difference being they can't perform surgery. They can't perform surgery. A midwife yeah. can do it all except for perform surgery. Pretty much depending on the environment. And there's different kinds of midwives. There's like certified nurse midwives that work in the hospital or can work out of hospital in a birth center. There are licensed midwives or certified professional midwives that work out of hospital at home. Okay. Um, and so there's a lot of, there's a lot of tr- different tracks and layers. Yeah, She's bringing out the notes. I'm like, I'm like, take it. I'm like, I gotta put it. She's like, gotta because write it down. I learned because I've got to keep you on track. I don't want you to like go all over the place. But yeah, I, I do have a please, quick question. Pull me back. So sometimes there's a, there's a gynecologist and then there's an OBGYN. They're the same thing. So a gynecologist is, I thought one is like an obstetrician. Obstetrician and, and then gynecologist. But they're not, all, they don't always exist in the same to most of the time, right? They both typically, from my understanding, they are, they perform, they are they're together like you'll have one person that does both but they can choose whether or not they they want to they want to so some ob's will start by doing obstetrics which means they're delivering they're delivering babies babies. and then the gynecologist checks your general care okay general care getting all in the day got it okay but some chooses to do both or they'll retire and be like i'm not doing obstetrics anymore i just do gyn i just see clients patients in the office okay cool all right so yeah so you're Parents pushed me towards midwifery. It made a lot of sense because I was inter- interested in women in the body. And then um, I moved to San Francisco and started doing all my nursing prerequisites to apply for this master's program. And while I was there, I learned about doulas and I was like, oh, I like that. Like, it's a nice mix of like the psychosocial component and being able to connect with people in this real way that's not so medically orientated. Oh, I, and I took it. a training under a midwife and I just was totally enamored it didn't feel like work and i just started like organically getting clients and you know kind of here we are it didn't feel like work isn't that like such a that's that's so important for any career whoever i'd be sitting here with whatever the career is it's like when it doesn't feel like work but it is your work that's like the goal that is the fucking goal yeah but what was interesting is when we started um getting when i started getting into this work I found out kind of around the time we got married that my paternal grandmother had been a midwife in our village and had like delivered babies and, you know, um, done all this stuff around birth work. And my aunt was the one that told me this. My dad's like one of like eight kids. So we have like a big family. And I'd only just recently started talking to this aunt again. And my whole life, my dad basically would always tell me how much I reminded him of his mother and his mother passed when she was, when he was 17. And there's this like, pet name that he uses for me that basically means mother or grandmother in Igbo, which is like the language, our, our language. Um, and so basically my whole life I've been kind of called my grandmother essentially. And then That's I only found out like three years into doing the doula work that like she basically was doing the work that I was doing now. So why didn't anybody tell you? Why'd they wait so long? Nah, who knows? Who are these people who not knows? telling you the stuff? Yeah. All right. So that's my story. 
that part. We'll get out. We've done it. We've <laughs> cool. done it. We've said it all. <laughs> Thanks. Oh my God. <laughs> See you I later. Mean, God, well, okay. So, and you wrote a book though too, right? I just finished writing my first book. Yes. And what is this book about? So the book. I know you're talking. I'm making you talk a lot. I'm it's sorry. Cool. It's is- all right. I'm yeah. Take it. Just yes. take, Just take it right out of me. Um, the book is coming out with Chronicle Books this uh fall uh, yeah september september 12th um and it's called nurture and it's a modern guide to pregnancy birth early motherhood and trusting your body and trusting your self okay so it's a long subtitle publishers levels a long sub because well, I ah! one word <laughs> okay wait my sound went on my ear this is so okay oh god these fucking headphones it's cool All i right. can still i got double hearing you got double hearing okay we got it. okay so and how did that come to be? Like, how long did it take you to write this book? And what made you go, I want to write this book? Oh. You do so many things. Oh, my gosh. So here's the thing. The book thing was really funny because I didn't actually decide I wanted to write a book. It was one of those things where, like, two years ago, I now know that this is fairly unusual. I didn't know it at the time. But the previous editor at my public at my publisher just kind of cold emailed me. And, you know, it was early social days. And I had a previous business. And they mentioned that they'd been like seeing what I was up to and really enjoyed it. And like, if I ever was interested in writing a book, they'd be really, they'd love to talk to me about it. So yeah. it was all retroactive. Wow. It was like, oh, and I, again, like the way I've moved through this work is just to try and make it feel like the rest of your life. Like, I don't understand why you like get pregnant and now you have to read like what to expect when you're expecting and like sit in a weird rocking chair and like wear pink <laughs> and like be weird. I was just like, yes. you know, I was like, it does not have to feel disgusting. Like we can just make this feel good. And like, you know, like yeah. everything else in our life, you yeah. know? So I think that's what they really responded to was just this very contemporary, non-judgmental, like aesthetically pleasing, energetically like high vibrational feeling way of moving through it without being too woo woo. Cause I'm, I mean, you're no bullshit. Yeah. You're a badass. You're like, all right guys, come I'm on. Like, come on. Please. Yeah. Let's just like, <laughs> doesn't have to, doesn't have to like, you know, and here's the thing. Like I'm not, not into that. Like I, I like, I do Reiki. I love essential oils. Like yeah. I like am woo leaning. It's just not controlling my entire existence. You're woo. You know? You're not woo woo. Yeah. It's okay. Like, it's relaxed. All cat, all like little letters. All like little letters. Like, lowercase. Yeah. Lowercase font size seven, you know, as a <laughs> Helvetica or yeah. what are we dealing we're with? De- we're definitely doing Helvetica. Lowercase Helvetica. Very yeah. cool. Very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, how... Wait, and I want to know how you met your husband, how that all happened, and how did we both end up on this panel? Because we met on the panel. Yes, we did. Which I thought was so funny because it was like, we're talking about intersectional mm-hmm. feminism, but we're in this, like, exclusive, like, club where it's like... It just seems... I don't know. It's just really funny where it's like, we're lucky. If it's like, I don't know. Yeah, we're having yeah. this conversation in this... Uh, I don't know. Well, it's not a lot of access. You know, <laughs> no you could, access yeah. to this intense conversation where it's like, we're everybody's probably on the same page, but also it's elitist and weird. It's just it's so weird. Well, it'd be you great I mean? to do that again in a way that more people could kind of come in and like feel it. But I still felt like it was super oh, powerful it was to really like powerful. dive into it. Yeah. Um, so who are you dating? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been dating my now husband for seven years. Oh my God. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me everything. How'd you meet him? So, husband. Yeah. All right. So, you're married. I I'm can't believe very, you're like this baby I'm who's v- married. I'm very much married. I've been married for almost three years now. Oh, my God. Um, so, our marriage thing is kind of funny and kind of cool in the way that we met in San Francisco and um, we met online and we met when OkCupid was still beta. Oh, my so God. So, it said OkCupid, like in the top left hand corner, there was no app and underneath it said, beta no 
know. Yes. I can't believe it. Yeah, totally yeah. made it. And so the thing about it, and I think my like screen name on there is like Steamy Cerulean or something ridiculous. Wait, wait, what does Cerulean mean? <laughs> it's blue. It's like a certain tone or shade of blue. Because I see, I see Cerulean all the time, like Instagram handles, and I'm always like, what is that? Yeah, it's a color. Wow, people love cerulean. They do. Least, apparently, yeah. yeah. You and this other person I saw one time the other day on Instagram, I guess. But okay, <laughs> but yeah, so Stevie Cerulean on Beta OkCupid. Okay, yeah, and yeah. he was on there. I think it was like his name was like Derek Giraldi, and it was like Derek D E R R I C K, like the most annoying spelling of Derek. Not oh even God. like a chill Derek. But like, you still married him because sometimes I'll meet a guy and I'll be like, oh, he has one of those names that's like, I don't love how he spells it, or it's like, it's almost a name. Like I met a guy named Dathan, not, not Nathan. And yep. I was like, well, I could never do this. <laughs> this is over. Sorry. Yeah. Over before it begun. Yep. Because you meet him with his with his spelling of his name, some, somewhat bizarre to yes. you. Yes. Then what happens? So um, we did what he likes to describe as like a very traditional courtship on OkCupid. Oh, my God. We emailed each other back and forth for like about three or four weeks. Um, and then he finally asked me out. He's, he's really funny. He's like a humorous guy. Um, and when he asked me out uh, for our first date, he, um, asked me to go to this restaurant that I'd I'd had my eye on in San Francisco for a while. It had just opened called Flower and Water. It was like very like the cool restaurant of the moment. And he, and I had not mentioned that to him, but he knew to pick it. And so, you know, and then the first, our first date, we went to Flower and Water. I remember walking in and he was in the corner, like leaning and holding he loves to read. He had the New Yorker with him and it was like folded into quarters and he was like wearing a little coat. And oh my I, I kind of knew in that moment, I was like, mm, there's something about this person. Oh my and God. It was our first date. It was one of those like magic dates that you don't really remember. I remember all the details, but like, I don't remember all the details, you know, yeah. it's just kind of like somatic. It's like in your body. Wait, you think that's like magic. You think that's like, cause that happens to me sometimes. And I'll be like, I can't, I don't know why I can't remember the details. I wasn't blackout drunk. I wasn't brownout drunk. Yeah, I, I was just, just living my life and I just can't, it's all hazy, but I know I had a great time. Yeah. It's like that, that. Well, I think that's, it's that new relationship energy. It's like, I think the term for it is like limeracy. It's like this feeling of like, it's like all the hormones, all the things are flowing. And it's just like, you can be with them for three days, but it feels like one day. Limeracy? Limeracy, yeah. You, can, you guys can't see. I'm I'm writing this down. Like, a, <laughs> okay, limeracy. That's beautiful. Yeah. And okay. so that night, and he was, he's very like, he ordered all the food and I just was kind of like going with the flow. And then we went and had a drink afterwards. I remember at the drink, he pulled like a Woody Allen-y move on me. He's very Jewish. He and is? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, should we just like kiss and get it over with? And I was like, okay. And I mean... We that's our first date and we've never not been together. Erica is making a reference to <laughs> Annie Hall. I am. Wait, is it, it's I Annie Hall. Yeah, yeah, it is. Where he goes, like, yeah. Let's just kiss and get her over with, then we can digest our food better. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Yeah, Very cool. he really pulled that. Yeah. yeah, I forgot it was Annie Hall, but yeah. So, and you know, we've been together kind of ever since. I mean, look, our relationship is. I think the cool thing about him and I is we're always down to do the work. Yeah. Um, we don't have any pretense that like relationship is like, you know, la 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 Perfect. all the time. And like when people ask me like oh how I'm God. doing, sometimes I'm like, not great. You know? Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Not awesome. Yeah. But there are times when we're doing like incredibly well. And even when we aren't doing well, I'm still enjoying it because, you know, we go to therapy. Like we really are like in it, making it work and getting uncomfortable um, and like pushing through, you know, and so I feel like that's really what a relationship is about for yeah. us. So yeah, it's like sometimes it's awesome and sometimes it's like, oh, not so much. How did he propose? Oh boy. Oh my God. I can't <laughs> wait for I'm like living vicariously through. I'm like, tell me everything. All right. So <laughs> like, 
our proposal story is really funny because so I was actually just talking about this today, but um, you know, we he proposed after about two and a half, almost three years of being together, so like very apropos. Uh-huh. Um, and we went to Palm Springs and stayed at like this hotel we love called the Parker. I think we loved it more back then. Since That's then, like too hip. No, yeah. Too much. Also, like Palm Palm Springs when we went even three years ago had seasons. Oh, really? You know, you'd go and like there's nobody there because it's like too hot or it's like too like it's just an off season. Now Palm Springs is like a free for all. It doesn't matter what weekend you go, it's like always busy. Yeah. Anyway, that is totally neurotic, and I'm just sharing that. Love it. No, <laughs> your woman like, feeling her feelings, living her life. People need to know. Yeah. So um, we we stayed at this hotel and um i didn't actually really know it was coming and um he you know we had checked into the room and i was so obsessed with the room having a bath because i love a bath oh my god me too see i love epsom salt bath yes so great yeah Yeah, especially the hotel and so i was like let me go in there and make sure there's a bath because there was not when i asked him to switch our room or whatever and so i go into the bed (laughs) to the bathroom and i come out and he's like looking at me and like and i hadn't noticed at that point that there were like flowers in the room and like champagne i just kind of like you're like is there a bathroom or not you (laughs) asshole where's my fucking bathtub i was like there is a bathtub and you're like excuse me like just like push through like typical me like just so like myopic i love it um and then he had the he like was shaking and like then had the ring like when i came out of the bathroom but it was (laughs) and it was like i was like oh like crying and like you know the whole thing was he on one knee he didn't even make it there he He, he was like just shaking but he didn't fall to the ground on one knee no he just kind of was like like i knew what was going on when i saw how like just like oh my almost like incapacitated he was and so he opened the box and there was like the tears and all the things um and some of it i don't remember because you know when it's like you have a moment i get hold on wait Limeracy? So limeracy is like relationship. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I was having a shock moment where shock, I was just like, shock just moment. pure shock, just yeah. Yeah, total shock. Yeah. But what was interesting is so he had the ring, but he said to me, he was like, and this is the kind of person he is, and this is why I think I love our relationship. He was like, look, I don't know if you're going to love this ring, you know, but if you don't love it, yeah. we can take it back and just get you whatever you want. Yeah. So just know that, you know? Yeah. And so, you know, truth didn't love the didn't ring. love the ring didn't i get it. it yeah didn't like it at all i was like mm, this is definitely <laughs> i remember i remember i remember being in the pool like afterwards same day and just like looking at it oh, together so bummed. <laughs> you're all like oh does it have to be this ring Fuck. And just being like Ugh. oh like i get it i get the sentiment i know where this relationship is going but like this is not <laughs> not it. what i had in mind so yeah. we knew at the, by the end of the weekend this was not the way to go and what was cool is like he was like Great. Okay, we're gonna take it back, and then we both went to this really amazing jeweler that does has beautiful like vintage heirloom pieces here in L.A. Yeah, and he just took us through the whole process, and we picked something out together, and it was great. Yeah. And I actually, I always, I actually really like telling people this because I feel like it's so like feminist to be like, yeah, no, no, that's not for me, like that ring without because there's women I think that would just be like, yep. Yeah, that's like I'm not gonna undo all the work that he went through to you know oh that's like old school traditional being a woman but it also meets like modern feminism being like we're doing old timey like the dude proposed to you but then you're like but I'm gonna have it on my terms yes I love that that's that's so me I've done that before (laughs) with a guy before he gave me a ring for my birthday and I was like and but I did live in that like three hour moment of like oh and he's like he's like you hate it I I know you hate it and I'm like no it's just I would never I yeah I hate Hate it it. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then he got me a thing and it was like so much more expensive and I was such a dick but I was like fuck it I'm a, I'm a dick or, or am I a communicator you're a communicator and also so, did you like that other ring yeah, yeah. yes there now we I go. have the other ring we are yeah. good mm-hmm. so, so yeah that's our story are they being loud or is the door not closed are these men trying to rain on our parade and shit all over our podcast maybe what are we gonna do Aristotle protect us <laughs> <laughs> we're feminists protect us help us help 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 help, help, help. help. <laughs> Oh my god! Actually, is he on this place? Who is this man? So tall. Very tall. Very tall. Tallest man. Kemp then derails into like uh, all about that guy. Okay, so and then you just been been and now you guys were matching outfits on Instagram sometimes, and I like those photos. And I'm like, this is my dream. I think I actually commented on a photo of you guys wearing a matching outfit, right? We sometimes will wear matching outfits. Red shirt. And jeans, and, and I believe. Yeah. I believe. I, that's how. I Don't was like, find us annoying podcast listeners. Uh, it's it's really not that severe in person. Not feels- annoying at all. I, I'm, I'm, can't you hear the desperation? I'm just like, that's my dream. And I, I actually did comment like, this is my dream or something. I believe, or maybe I. I don't know what I did. I'll have to uh, go back and check. You're gonna have to. Yeah. Listen, it's again. You know, you're moving forward. You're in the. You're so in the moment. You, you forget about all my Instagram comments <laughs> and uh, all the joy I put into uh, all of your Instagram posts. But um, and God, I mean, where do we go from here? Well, I, I don't know. What do you guys get into? Because this is another, this is a, I'm going to tiptoe into this question, but I'm going to ask it because yeah. when we're on the panel and yeah. we're talking about inter- yeah, yeah. Inter- intersectional feminism and it's like we have, you know, different women with different backgrounds or whatever. And we're talking about being women, but we're also talking about like racism is coming into it. You are in, what is the word for it? An interracial marriage, right? Uh, That's what we call it? Yes, I guess that is. That is that we call yeah, it? Yeah. I'm just like, Inter- gonna... yeah, marriage or relationship. I think it's, I just think I haven't heard interracial marriage Ma- neither have in, I. My bra- in my brain. That neither, much, but, that's but how I'm like, I'm probably going to be Barbara. I don't know what I'm trying to do, but I'm trying, like, what do you to, does stuff come up? Because I'm thinking stuff must come up. Sure. Because I remember on the panel, I was like, I would, I think I mentioned, we were talking about this for two seconds, to be a fly on the wall of like, what moments or arguments or little things that must come up between you two because you have different life experiences sure is this too real because no i don't think it's too real i mean i could definitely touch on we don't have to you don't want to but i just remember talking about that on the panel and saying like i wanted to ask you about that because we were specifically on a panel talking about like you know yeah racism and feminism and how does that trickle into relationships for sure you know well i think the thing for us that's interesting is you know my husband is jewish um, and he's also a white man, but I think, you know, in terms of his identity, I think he understands to one point the feeling of otherness because he does identify with his, with being Jewish. And there is obviously a whole narrative around othering and, you know, anti-Semitism and all these pieces that, that do play in, you yeah. know, maybe not as commonly so far as, or as blatantly as being a, you know, person of color or black women woman yeah. in a in traditionally white space yeah. okay um in terms of in our relationship you know he is really conscious and you know really intelligent and so he's really able to parse through with my help as well through the through that narrative and under, and through the different lenses knowing kind of like where his where his privilege or a white privilege is playing in and you know and when it's not and you know he it's interesting like everybody there's so many different layers here but on the one piece you have to think about people's 
you know, mental health and their kind of energetic ability to like be a part of, say, a protest or a march or to, you know, be vocal about the things that are happening and just deciding like, okay, how do I want to show up and be a part of the resistance? Mm -hmm. What does that look like for me? Yeah. And when I think about him and when I think about our relationship, you know, a big part of it is just holding space for me in our home and in our relationship to dump and vent kind of what's going on Um, and always being in a place of wanting to receive the knowledge too. like he doesn't act like he's going to know more about what. I'm experiencing as a black woman than I do. Oh you know, my God. Thank God. No... Can you imagine? Oh my not. God. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, there is, you know, there's a feeling it's different. You know, how I feel when there's another, you know, black teenager murdered by the police and how he might feel about it are going to be two very different things. Like why I might feel unsafe in a March environment because I have like PTSD around the potential of something bad happening to me because of the color of my skin is not going to be the same worry that he will have because he doesn't have to worry about how he is perceived in relationship to his safety. So I think that those are things that are there. And I think it's going to be different after you have children when we are both protecting children who are going to be read in society as black individuals. And so there's just a lot of of layers there, but I feel very fortunate to have a partner who is always down to dialogue and is always down to absorb new information and knowledge. And I think that's when that's when you have safety. If you have someone who's like, no, I know how this goes down and I don't want to move away from this kind of linear way of thinking, then you have a problem. But if you have someone who's always like, oh, tell me more about that. Like, where can I where can we keep going with this and growing and learning together, you know, makes it helps. And obviously I have no qualms about talking about that, you know, in therapy, we are visiting all these topics all the time. Yeah. All different kinds of things, whether it's relational or racial or financial, like whatever. I just feel like everybody needs a mediator and, you know, so obviously your socioeconomics plays into this, like not everybody can afford to go to therapy or whatever, but I feel like however you can find someone to help, mediate it's helpful yeah yeah it's oh a long God. spiel but you're such a good communicator you must be a good communicator too i mean you couldn't be with i mean i i barely know you but from what i you know i'm your number one fan i really love you're so cool and funny and foreign and great and with it but uh but he would have to be like a really badass cool guy who's thoughtful and kind right to to you know to be with you for seven years yeah for you two to be together for seven years like you wouldn't be with some bonehead. No. Yeah. No. And also <laughs> bonehead, boneheads, boneheads evolve. Boneheads oh, yeah. Evolve. We, we hope boneheads evolve. Yeah. But there's a possibility for evolving when you're a bonehead. Boneheads. Yeah. Just don't give up. <laughs> don't, don't give, give up, up, boneheads. <laughs> Keep trying. Exclusive. Boom, boom, boom. Sorry. Well, we conquered racism. <laughs> uh, we conquered feminism. I've conquered. I hope we don't conquer feminism. <laughs> I'm gonna, okay. keep that going. We're going to keep that going. But we want our nice ring, okay? Yes, just please. Oh, my God. So do you want kids? And when... I mean, we're just like jumping to another... I'm like, okay, cool. Talk about that. But uh, no. But do you want kids? Do you want them I do. when? Like, you know, it's, it's interesting. I definitely want children. I don't have any fears about having kids because really because i'm terrified let me but keep going well you for know me. what i when i okay so let me roll that back mm-hmm. i don't i don't have any conscious fears about it i'm sure there's going to be some sub stuff that's going to come up navigating it but i think the reason why is one i've seen so much 
that I don't have any prescribed notions of how I want to navigate it. And I'm and I'm really down with like making some mistakes. Yeah. You know, like I, I get it. Like I don't have this idea of like I'm gonna be perfect, or I'm gonna try and do it perfectly because I've been I've been so up close to it, I know how impossible that is. Whereas I feel like a lot of women, like you don't get that close to that to the pregnancy, to the birth, to that early motherhood stage. And I'm just like, it is so intense. Um that I'm just like, cool, I'm probably going to fuck it up a little bit, but that's okay. You know, I just well, feel like all right with that. You know, what do you think of like if a, if a woman were to choose not to have a child? What do you do you think that would be a horrible mistake? No. Oh, my gosh. I, or or what, what do they lose? I'm not even I'm not saying you would judge somebody who doesn't have a kid. My, I'm phrasing this wrong. But I mean, like, what would you from what you know of like, uh, you know, assisting and being there for women who have children and couples or whatever, like. What would you think is what you would miss out on if you weren't to do that? And not, I, it doesn't mean it's just mental. I mean, honestly, the only thing I would feel comfortable saying that a woman would miss out on yeah. by not having a child would be the physiological experience. I'm like weeping. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> the physiological experience yeah. of pregnancy. I mean, that would be it. But yeah. that's not even something that that anybody needs to subscribe to. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm I feel... Like, it's cool for me because I actually want to have children. But I think it's a very strong and very conscious. And I support the idea of being like, that's not for me. Because having a child, a child is not an accessory. It's not like, now I'm pregnant and now I'm going to be a mom and this baby's just going to toddle around with me. This is like real. That was my plan. (laughs) (laughs) You're on We're matching up. It's what you and your your husband were matching up. It's what you and my baby. Yeah. It's like. It's 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 eviscerating. And like, I feel like if you feel being I think going through that process is eviscerating. It changes you. And if you like how you feel like right now and you're like, I'm loving my life, I'm loving like being in a relationship or not to travel, to live and do in a way that requires no further augmentation. Yeah. Unless I want it, then I can get why not having a child is perfect because when you have a child, everything changes. Everything changes by force. Oh my God. You I'm... know, but the difference is obviously you have this child that you love that helps equalize a lot of the intensity of the change. But would I think anyone's missing out not having a child, not having a child? No. Well, I mean, I guess I'm like, thinking, not at all. well, I, oh God, I'm just like terrified of uh, aging out. Because I listen, you have you have a partner. Ideally, if I'm if I, if I were to have a child, I'd want to have a partner. I want to, I'd want to feel financially stable, and I have like a freelance lifestyle. So I'm so the idea of like at this point in my life, having a kid is like, oh god, I totally want to have a kid. That sounds like a beautiful thing. Like I have so much love that I get to my friends, and I have like young teenage friends who I feel like are my little sisters, my my you know. I love animals. I have all this love to give, but uh, I'm not ready because I don't have my life set up. I feel like and I know that you can probably have a kid and you're never fully ready and things are, you know, you just figure it out. Like, yeah, there's my, never the right time. Yeah, truthfully. Went, my mom was like 21, totally broke, got no help from my dad, made it work, but it was fucking hard. Like, it was really hard. So I'm older. I'm like in my mid 30s. I am in my mid 30s. Yes, you are. <laughs> okay. Affirmative. <laughs> Affirmative. So I'm just like, oh shit, I can't believe it. This is like a real, it's such a, an irritating cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason 
that's like, oh my God, the whole clock is ticking thing. And I talked to my gynecologist and we talked about like freezing an embryo or freezing an egg. It's like, I don't have anybody to freeze an embryo with. <laughs> I can't afford to freeze an egg and have it live in Marina Del Rey at a cool condo or whatever the fuck. Yeah, you can just like, visit it on Tuesdays lot, at yeah, four. That's a lot of money. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm here. I'm podcasting. I can't go to Marina Del Rey to visit no. at four on a Tuesday. I mean, no. my God. Um, we do podcasts on Thursdays, but like whatever. I've got stuff to do. But um, so so it's like a terrifying thing. And I'm like, oh my God, am I going to age out of having a kid? And what is your take? Yeah, like, because I was just like, God, what can I have so many things I want to ask you about all of this stuff? And one of the major things is like, because I read you, you read this article from Man Repeller about uh, being fer- like how you can increase your fertility yes. and all this stuff. And yeah. I've never been pregnant. I mean, I'm talking a lot about myself right now, but I'm going to throw it right back to you just to relate or let you know where I'm at with all this shit. So, all my female disclaimers, patriarchy is working as well. It's cool. It's cool. Um, okay. So, um, yeah, I've never been pregnant. I've never gotten an abortion. Like, and so I go, maybe I can't have kids. I'm getting older and older and older. What is your take on aging and infertility? And like, what can you do? Like, to to talk if women are listening to this, going like, yeah, I'm concerned about the same thing. Like, see, I'm 35 and I'm worried about blah blah. Tell us what you know. Well, I mean, I think you know, women are getting pregnant older and older now because a lot of us are you know, prioritizing our careers, enjoying our careers, are finding like, you know, our real takeoff is like 30, 31, 32. And you're like, I'm in this right now. Yeah. And like, if I slow down now, then like, this is it. Like, yeah. can I re-enter the workforce the way I want? So, you know, you're really, you aren't alone in that. Um, it's interesting. You know, my feelings about, uh, you know, infertility. I mean, infertility is a, you know, a kind of a convoluted subject. I mean, to actually be defined as infertile, you need to be trying to get pregnant for mm. more than a year. Oh, really? Without success um, to know that you are infertile. But truthfully, the, the, what it really boils down to, you know, what I would suggest for anybody at this, like in their mid 30s or so, kind of trying to figure it out would be to actually learn about your menstrual cycle and learn how it works and know your different phases, like your luteal phase, your ovulatory phase, your follicular phase. Like what? what exactly? Okay. So if everyone, anyone who's listening, a great book is the period repair manual and also a book called taking charge of your fertility. Um, both of these books, one's by a naturopath and one's by um, Terry. Is it Tony Wexler? Oh my God, I'm so bad with author names, but um, both books talk about your reproductive cycle. And like, if you start to know how your body works, if you start to understand, like, because your cervical mucus, like, you can take a lot of charge of what's happening in your body and start to understand, like, oh, like, I know what's happening with my cycle, which can give you a lot of confidence around, you know, your potential of getting pregnant and that type of thing. And those are things that don't cost a lot of money to learn and figure out, as opposed to saying, like, working with a particular clinician to, like, get all your ducks in a row. Um, Go ahead. Oh, like I went to my gynecologist because I just wanted to know about my fertility. And she said there's something you can do on the second day of your period. You can get your blood tested and they yes. tell you what your hormone levels are mm-hmm. and where you are in the spectrum. of. But I think I was dehydrated and they couldn't get blood out of me. And it was very difficult. I, had any, I just drank a lot of coffee that day and no water. But uh, but I remember her saying, I don't know where I fell on the spectrum, but it, it looked I, I, it looked not great. But also I was like terrified because... I wasn't terrified, but I, I didn't have all the information because I wasn't hydrated and they didn't get the sure. blood. They didn't do it right. But I remember being like, God, I don't want to get, I don't even want to revisit this test. But so that was one test. And you seem like, you know about that. So what are the other things you can do when you go in there? So in terms of, I mean, with f- prom- like promoting your fertility or supporting it, it's more so 
getting things together even before you go in there. So foods and supplements that you can be taking are all really good. I mean, you know, a couple of things that are important to be taking, you know, folate, but not actually folate in its synthetic form. So methylfolate, the kind that your body can actually process is going to get that spinach. Yep. Foods. Yeah, definitely. Spinach, spinach, um, beans. um, Yeah. Your dark leafy greens. um, Where else can you get some folate? Uh, I think lentils are a good source of folate too. Sorry, I'm like my That's brain so is cute. like. No, oh. you're great. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, proper supplementation for women over 35. You know, there is a supplement called CoQ10 that your body oh. um, naturally makes, but um, you can't find in foods. Coenzyme that, Q10. Yes. Okay. Um, so coenzyme Q10 that uh, helps uh, with metabolism and the creation of ATP in the body, which has been shown in some studies to help with uh, increased uh, egg quality um, and higher uh, conception rates with women that are over 35. So that's like a good supplement to be taking. Um, What's ATP stand for? Um, it is... Tell uh, me right now. Right now or you're out of here. It's, it's, it's a part of the mitochondria, which makes... It, mitochondria needs ATP to function and it's it and mitochondria basically handles all of like the uh, like functionings things, of your cells. Doesn't it wiggle? Something like that. It, like it looks like blades of grass yes, in your it has, system and it's like... It has like a wiggly thing. I love it. On. Okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm loving but, this. And, but in terms of foods, I mean, and then, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, vitamin D is another excellent thing that we, a lot of people are deficient in, but vitamin D works in the body in a number of different ways. Like in the one sense, it provides immune support, but it also kind of works as a steroid that helps all of your hormone, hormonal functions work more optimally. So getting enough vitamin D can help to regulate a lot of your reproductive-related hormones um, to kind of, you know, help promote more uh, fertility in the body. And balancing your blood sugar is really important. So like you just talked about having a day kind of filled with coffee, even though caffeine is actually not a bad thing, like, you know, one or two cups a day is no big deal, but making sure that you are constantly balancing your blood sugar so you're not kind of um, in a hypoglycemic state because when your body is like is has low blood sugar, um, it kicks out a lot more insulin and also kicks out a lot more cortisol. And when those hormones are cursing, it basically presses down all of your reproductive or sexually related hormones so they don't work as optimally. That's when I start uh, kicking out texts to my girlfriends being like, hey, are we okay? You mad at me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah your body's like, um... <laughs> I'm like, what did I do? I haven't heard from you. Uh, why didn't you use an emoji in that last text? Are you mad yeah, like, me? everything fine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. So it's like a whole... I will never do that to us. Cool. Please. Okay, okay. I, I'm like an emoji overuser, so... So it's all good. Are you? Yeah, I do. I like oh, them. Okay, good. There, you should look back. You should look back. I will they're, look they're, back. They're, they're there. I will look back. But go on. But yeah. So, you know, in terms of that, you know, making sure that you're balancing your blood sugar is going to help positively uh, impact your sexual reproductive hormones. So there's a lot of things. I mean, I, you know, I could go into it more. I mean, that's like a whole different thing. I didn't even know we we're going to go there. But what? Um, around like the fertility piece. But that's. Oh, God, of course. Yeah. 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 But um, I, yeah, I mean, for me, in terms of my opinion around it, I mean, I've had a lot of clients in their 40s having their first baby and really without in what is it, in vitro some some ivf um or iui what's iui iui is when their uh the sperm is injected into uh aristotle take off your pants <laughs> take off your pants right now if you care about me at all okay sorry um it but you're using you're just using sperm that's been uh from your partner typically or not if you're doing a donor um, that's uh, optimized and injected, whereas IVF requires some more medication and more processes that happen between the sperm and the uh, and the uh, and the egg to 
uh, make that process happen. So IUI is less complicated, less expensive. Oh, that sounds IVF. great. IUI, they, they but just... Some, but sometimes they won't want to do IV, IUI if there's been a lot of reproductive issues. But if they think there's not that many challenges, IUI can be like a... It's almost like kind of like turkey baster style. What would the issues have been if, that they wouldn't want to do that? Um, That's like a super long-winded thing. Boring. But boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, there's a certain criteria that you have to fit to be a candidate for IVF versus IUI. And that just depends on your care, on your, OB, your OBGYN or fertility specialist to let you know what, what category okay. um, or what treatment would be best for you. Do you drink at all? Um, myself? Yeah. Yeah. What do you drink? Um, it depends. You know, actually, I really like a good old fashioned. Oh, what's an old fashioned? Is that whiskey it's, and orange? Rye or, rye and, or bourbon, depending. And like, there's a whisk, there's a little like, uh, orange, orange peel, peel like, yeah. around the edge. I like, I like a good cocktail, a good whiskey situation. I also really like mezcal. And I like wine, but maybe just, it's not like my favorite favorite. Yeah. I like a good cocktail mezcal. situation. Why is, yeah, I have to start drinking tequila. More because I I feel like I'm over vodka. I used to love vodka yeah. a ton, but then it, like it's so hard on my system. And then I just started getting into like rosé over ice because mm-hmm. I feel like Lisa Vanderpump, or I feel like some yeah, kind of, like, someone said that was okay. Yeah, so I'm like, I guess we're doing this, and then I'm like, wow, I kind of like this. And the next day, I wake up feeling like not so hot. I mean, well, no, I feel like if I I can drink more rosé and feel less bad the next day than if I had had three vodka sodas the night before. Yes. But I'm just wondering what's like less harsh on your body. Well, I would say I prefer um you know uh like harder liquor like a tequila or you know um whiskey or rye as opposed to wine because obviously wine has more sugar and oh, really? you get more of a headache and that type of thing when you're drinking okay. tons and tons of wine. <laughs> Even though I do love rosé and I love a good glass of red wine, but my option will probably always be like all tequila and soda, mezcal and soda or like an old fashioned or something. Mezcal yeah. and soda. What else do we need to know as women? Cause I don't want your... Uh your meter to run out. Um, you have to pay attention to that. What oh, time? What time is it? Three thirteen. I'm looking at. That's why I'm looking oh, at the clock. Oh, I had not even known that was there. Oh my god! I'm totally. Wait, what time did you say the meter uh, ran out? Three eighteen. Are you serious? Yes. Wait a minute. So, what do the listeners need to know? As ladies, as women, women like you're, you're giving your your just final words of wisdom. Tell them everything you need to know. I. I think we just need to be, we need to take really good care of ourselves. I'm all into aggressive self-care. I think it's so important to just be like, this is my time and this is what I'm going to give myself. Because I feel like you can't do the world if you are just like moving out of a deficit. Like we need to have like more resources to be able to do the stuff that we need to do. And just, yeah, just be really nice to yourself. It's kind of a tough time for everybody, no matter where you are. And I think we need to just be kinder to ourselves so we can do some more stuff. And yeah, just like go get a massage and like don't feel bad about getting a manicure and like, I don't know, just surround yourself with good people, people that actually make you laugh and be like really surgical about how you spend your time. Like if you feel like there's people in your life that are super draining, like, no, you don't have to go out on another like coffee date and no, you don't have to like immediately respond. Like you can just give yourself a break and be like, yeah, this is not feeling super healthy to me and yeah. don't feel bad if you need to give yourself space you're so right because people say self-care a lot and we we're talking about like pop culture phrases or whatever mm-hmm. i don't know what the word we use was but like self-care i feel like it's minimized and diminished because people say it so often that you forget to like really look at what it means and it's just yeah taking care of yourself like yeah. take care of yourself and i always try to tell girlfriends of mine like it's okay to say no the power of saying no because people respect you more and it's just you save your time like 
And then you, you spend time doing things that are right for you and you listen to your intuition and you are guided by your intuition and it feels wrong. It's okay to say no to it. It's totally and, and okay. it's free to say no. It's totally free to say no. And like, I think too, it's just in our climate right now, just find ways to get involved and push back on all these things that are happening in a way that feels comfortable for you. And, um, you know, I've spent a lot, when I started doula work, I started working with women in the prison system and, you know, you have to like find it's, I've always found a way to keep tying all of everything I do back to being able to work with communities and people that don't have access. And sometimes if you feel like you can't get super politically active and you feel like you still want to be engaged in a way that makes sense to you, it's like, just give of your time, you know? And if you feel like you are battling with how to fit into this whole resistance, it's like sometimes just getting educated on what's going on is like the biggest first step. And I think that's kind of what that panel was about too, is just, you know, opening up your kind of knowledge base and kind of letting other ideas, you know, get rooted in and pushing your ego aside and realizing you're not right and or it's like not trying to be right or rigid or be defensive yeah but to like yeah yeah open up your mind and see other people's perspectives and have an understanding for that and make room for that and all that stuff yeah, yeah. I, I thought i'm oh god i don't want you to get a ticket it's I, okay um, i think we'll be fine but yeah people should just take really good care of themselves yeah and i sometimes if i don't know what to do i even i just think even having a good attitude and being kind to other people and just being nice and smiling then you have a ripple effect in the world that's like if, if that's the least you can do because yeah. you can't afford to do something or you're or you've got your own financial problems and you're just you know yeah. struggling yourself just being kind and open-minded and not being a fucking piece of shit yeah and <laughs> and stay curious be oh, like yeah. what do you what is that about yeah tell me more about that totally don't feel like you have nothing left to learn. That's true. Because we do. Um, well, I mean, I didn't even talk about the prison system thing you're on. What do you mean? I can't believe it. There's a whole, as- like, so many things in your oh, life, I know. aspects it's of your too life. Much. But will you come back and tell me stuff? Yeah, I totally will. Really? Especially maybe um, after the book and stuff, after I'm not like Please. a crazy case. Yeah. This is a precursor to that, to wet everybody's palate about you. And then they can throw it out there. I'm serious. So much stuff. I always forget. I I will find you because I feel like I was, I was like, oh my God, I think I'm stalking her. I'm I'm coming after a little bit too hard. I want to hear about how that event went too. I'm sorry I couldn't go. I was just totally exhausted i no. had a birth this past weekend oh so my god do you, you must feel so you're, you're part of people's lives it's such a pivotal moment it's like must be such a beautiful feeling it is i yeah. do love that i love the work very 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 much do you stay friends with everybody or do you have to kind of let that some, go too sometimes yeah i mean there's sometimes i mean it's like it's like i don't know it's hard to explain there's alchemy sometimes and you're just like yeah we're friends now yeah and then sometimes it's just like a really lovely beautiful very clear um experience and it's like i'm here for this moment and um and now i'm and now i'm gone now you're on Alexi's podcast. Yeah. Sorry, I got to go. Poof. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's one or the other. I like, you know, it, it shows up when it needs to. Like you're, you open up and you're like, there's more community for me. And then at times you're just doing the service. And yeah. there's something really beautiful and like a very clean service experience that allows you to be at your best and gives them what they need. And there's nothing yeah. more, you know. So I like both. I'm going to find you so hard. Don't get weird when I do. I won't. Gonna, to, to we should totally hang out. I'm sorry. I, I I'm, not, I'm also not on call this one, so it's a better time for me. Right. That also just we should we should definitely just review a couple things too about what? um when you want to hang out and like anyway. What? What are you saying? Well, um, are we talk? Are we just talking now? Or are we? Oh, we are. No, I mean we can end. The, we are going to wrap up the show. Okay. We can cut out anything. <laughs> but wait, I just don't want you to get a ticket. But what were you going to say? Because um, we can cut this out too if you want. Oh, or yeah. do you want to tell me after? Uh, do you want to tell me after, and I'll just wrap yes, this up. Yes. Yes. 
Well, thank you for being on the podcast. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Great. Cool. Perfect. <laughs> now leaving Nerdist.com. 